Throughout various stages in your life, you'll uncover or stumble upon what I call refraction points where certain strategic relationships will accelerate your path forward and highlight new opportunities, potentials, and directions, if not destinations. Here are the key objectives to consider as you think about your curve benders roadmap. One, understand the strategies that will drive organizational value and through your individual as well as collaborative efforts, your currency in the market. Two, apply these strategies to your personal and professional growth. The why, what, when, and how you'll need to learn, unlearn, and relearn. Three, assess your portfolio of strategic relationships in that growth journey, create intentional actions, and apply specific behaviors to engage and influence your potential curve benders. Join me on this episode of the Curve Benders podcast as I share insights into your personal market value. Hi there, this is David Knorr, host of the Curve Benders podcast. I'm excited to share insights with you at the intersection of the future of work and strategic relationships. Make no mistake about it, there are a number of forces in the next two decades that will dramatically change the way we live, the way we work, the way we play, and the way we serve others. And I believe there are these relationships that will come into our lives that can change both the direction and destination of where we're headed. Those are the individuals I call curve benders. So in each episode, I want to share with you insights from our research, from our interviews of great guests and their incredible experiences. I want to invite people to share their ideas and examples of not just coaches and mentors, but real curve benders that have had a profound impact on their lives. Specifically, we're going to talk about pragmatic ideas in the evolution of your skills, your knowledge, and your behaviors. So let's get started. One of the topics I'm most excited about in writing the Curve Benders book is this idea of a Curve Benders roadmap. Think of it as your personal GPS from now to next, specifically around strategic relationships that will empower your nonlinear growth. Step one of the Curve Benders roadmap is to define your personal market value. Similar to an organization creating and increasing its market value, you as an individual, personally, you too have the potential to enhance and expand your personal market value dramatically. Over time, the comparable value of your market value will heavily depend on a stable foundation, a set of growth enablers, and subsequent value accelerants. Right now, we're drawing an illustration. Lynn Wilson is incredibly uh, competent, capable illustrator. We're creating something to share with you, but these foundations are a must. And without them, the rest will be difficult, if not impossible. And I'll share that illustration in our Norform community. Your personal market value at the center requires a strong foundation across three critical areas, people, personal, and professional. Let's take a closer look at each of these areas. Hi, everybody. David Knorr. Good to be back with you for another episode of the Curve Benders podcast. I got to tell you, I love having guests, and we've had some fabulous ones 
in the last few episodes. So Margot Georgiades from Ancestry, the most recent one, Ron Carucci, uh, Megan Reitz, Hal Gregerson, Caroline Webb, Tasha Yurik, Ashish Advani. So some fabulous guests. If you haven't had a chance to go back and listen to the previous episode, I would highly encourage you to do that. I also, from time to time, I'm going to do this uh, increasingly more, share insights from the book, from the research, from the writing that I think will be particularly relevant and useful to you as I consult, as I coach, as I just observe some of the thinking behavior of leaders that I work with. It really heightens the need for some of these topics that I'll share in these episodes. So in this one, I want to talk about your personal market value. I want you to think about it a second. Um, I'm right now tracking several companies and their stocks, right? If you think of Apple, if you think of Tesla, if you think of some of these really interesting and innovative companies, their value continues to go. Amazon continues to go up. And as I dissect, what is it that's driving their perception of market value? Right, That's really what it is, the perception of the market value, as well as some of the things they're doing themselves. I can't help but think each of us as individuals have the same opportunity, right? So what should I be thinking? What should I be doing? How can I invest in myself to continue to likewise increase, enhance, elevate that personal market value? So that's really what I want you to think about in this episode is you as an individual have a market value, A, understanding where that is today, B, what are specific skills, knowledge, behavior, relationships, opportunities, situations can you invest in, global pandemic or otherwise, to really elevate that personal market value, right? So as I said, uh, in the intro, in the opener, uh, it really requires a strong foundation across three critical areas. Number one, people. This singular topic impacts our headspace, our emotional well-being, and really a systematic and intentional focus on forward progress more than any other. So I'll talk about the people in your life. Two is personal. We're living and working longer uh, with a need to uh, you know, create deeper roots than our institutional constructs, right? And we also need guardrails in this idea of our future paths. So we'll talk about some of the personal uh, critical areas you need to focus on, and then professional, right? So from business acumen to presence, emotional courage, impactful and effective leaders engage and influence others, bolster the success of their teams, and really demonstrate this resolve with emotional agility. So I want you to think of almost like the Target logo, right? Three rings. Foundational ring one is all about people. Stable, loving, supportive, personal ecosystem. You've got to get this part right. And and I don't know your particular scenario. What I do know is you cannot build a house on quicksand, right? So you really need to think about this as your foundation. Focus on getting this part right. So a stable and loving personal ecosystem of family and personal friends in essence, builds our resilience and often adjusts, uh, and these people adjust their own interests to back our aspirations. I've always said next to an amazing executive uh, is, a, is an incredibly supportive spouse. Next to a great executive uh, is a really stable, a, a bolster, a supporter of a great executive is a, is a supportive and, and a stable home life, right? 
it's just very difficult if you've got chaos at home to quote unquote go to work and and be really successful there and vice versa, right? If it's chaos at work, it tends to kind of spill over at home. So uh, ask any successful executive to explain their bedrock and most are going to credit their spouses, uh, their friends, their family members. Uh, when we think about uh, improving our lives, we focus on our development inward. Uh, Tom Rath um, it, it did a, a you know Gallup organization did a research and and he wrote a book called Vital Friends: The People You Can't Afford to Live Without. And he talks about um, the real energy occurs in each connection between two people, which can bring this exponential return. Uh, spouses shape how we feel, positive or you know positively or negatively about our employers, influencing a lot of times our workplace performance, um, the authenticity and quality of our personal friendships, nurture our mental health and personal well-being. When we feel supported, believed in, and loved, we're eager to learn, grow, and really demonstrate an appreciation for those who have bolstered our reach toward greater heights. So I cannot emphasize this foundational ring one, which is people, and for you to focus on to the extent, and this is the one, you know, it's immediately in your control, right? Stable, loving, supportive, personal ecosystem. I often tell people life's way too short to hang out with people who are going to suck the life out of you, right? That negative naysayer, people that fire hose your ideas all the time, I'm trying to tell you has a impact on your psyche, it's tough enough out there right now with the global pandemic, with the race inequality in our, in our, in our, in our country, with the impending elections that just, there's a lot going on that just creates anxiety. So if you don't have this solid foundation to stand on, it is going to be very difficult for you to do the other things you need to learn and grow. And again, in that process, elevate your personal market value. So number one, Foundational ring, people, stable, loving, supportive, personal ecosystem. Figure out where you are today. Figure out where are the less than stellar parts of it and proactively work on elevating it. Think of this, this these relationships as an asset. And, and like any other asset, you'd want to – now, I know you can't upgrade your parents or upgrade <laughs> some parts of our lives. I get it. But your friends and your colleagues and people you – Call friends. I've always believed I'd rather have fewer, more genuine, more real, more uh, people that are not going to judge me, people that I can reach out and say, listen, I screwed up or I need help, and they're not going to think less of me for doing that, than a whole lot of fake people that are just a contact. So I, I jokingly call it the Jerry Maguire business model. Can you invest in fewer but really create more real, more meaningful relationships personally and professionally in your life and and especially in this you know global pandemic again i'd rather have fewer people that i can count on fewer people that i can talk to fewer people that become that sounding board and that personal board of advisors then again a whole lot of contacts that are indifferent at best right once you get that first and we're talking about this target logo kind of feel that at the center of the foundation is your really personal one the next ring Foundational ring two is still personal, but it's around lifelong education consumption, spiritual grounding, and unshakable values. So again, personal ring one was people, 
personal ring two is personal. This is immediately within your control, lifelong education, consumption, spiritual grounding, unshakable values. So organizations face a massive and, and will continue to face a massive talent development revolution, I believe, in the next two decades. So evolutionary technology is going to accelerate the speed of business. It's going to make lifelong learning no longer luxury, aspirational or optional, but a necessity and ubiquitous to remain relevant in this global war against obsolescence. Think about it a second. If you weren't comfortable doing working from home, number one, number two, doing virtual engagement, right? Virtual interactions. Uh, the other day, I had 12 Zoom meetings in one day, right? Um, just because that's become the nature of our world, right? Clients and prospects and we're creating content and, right? So if you're not comfortable mastering this new virtual format, this virtual environment, you're going to struggle to remain relevant because, you know, beyond calls, more and more people want to have these Zoom meetings. And I, I'm telling several people, you need to upgrade your digital kind of infrastructure because you're looking down or, you know, light behind you or, or your poor connection. It's increasingly, you're going to be seen as, you know, the amateur hour. So, that's how you continue to learn and grow is what keeps all of us from be, becoming obsolete. Um, IBM Institute for Business Value Study estimates that 120 million workers in the world's 12 largest economies will need to be retrained or reskilled as a result of AI and intelligent automation. 120 million workers in the world's 12 largest economies need to be retrained or reskilled just because of AI and intelligent automation. UN, Office of National Statistics, right, projects that an average lifespan in the U.S. is going to reach 95 years for females and 90 for males by 2050. And an estimated 35% of babies born in 2012, you ready for this, will live to be 100 so what happens to these is these figures all point to, quote unquote, retirement, pushing out into our 80s, which means it's going to extend our working years dramatically. So your personal and professional growth, right, is going to eventually cross path also with, by the way, business ethics. So not only are we working longer, we're going to continue to be challenged in how, what do we think? How will we behave? How will we um, really, our, our values are going to get challenged. So unfortunately, as people lose confidence in institutions and institutional leadership, a spiritual foundation is really necessary to sustain our future. With the reshaping of our global economies, you've got the political landscape, you've got religious institutions. We need deeper roots than a lot of these institutional constructs. We need shared meaning. We need responsibility. We need accountability. We need purpose. Internal and intrinsic attributes that really arise from being created in the image and likeliness of God. The, the third piece here is unshakable values as non-negotiable principles by which we live our lives. And these will serve as guardrails 
in our future direction and destination. So again, uh, think of the target logo and really creating, developing, enhancing your market, personal market value. The foundational ring one was people, stable, loving, supportive, personal ecosystem. Foundational ring two was personal, right? You have immediate control over lifelong education consumption. So if we're going to live longer, work longer, you've got to become more of a lifelong learner. This idea of spiritual grounding, and and you got to hear this, this isn't about religion. This is about uh, faith. This is about you believing something deeper, something more meaningful than just our environments, right? Our our kind of institutions that we all function within. And the last one is a set of unshakable values. And again, I define unshakable values as a set of non-negotiable principles which you live your life by. And these really do act as guardrails. Many of you know I ride motorcycles. There's parts of the North Georgia mountains that we ride through where you look over and there's about a 200-foot drop. And there are no guardrails. By the way, with motorcycle riding, the bike will go where you look. So although you can admire what's over there, you start staring at it, and I kid you not, the bike will start to kind of go in that direction. And without guardrails, it is a frightening concept of, God forbid, if I do lose control or if I do kind of veer that way, there's a 200-foot drop. So similarly, those unshakable values should serve as guardrails in kind of your future growth, in your future direction and destination. The third ring, and these are foundational rings, I talk about professional. This is your acumen. This is your presence. This is your emotional courage. Uh, Peter Bregman is an MG100 friend. He was uh, one of my uh, early uh, guests, I think episode 15, and we talked about emotional courage. And I got to tell you, his message really resonated with me, and I wanted to reinforce it in this section. So many of you know acumen is really blending of your knowledge and skills guided by experience. Let me say it again. When you Here, when you see, if you want to develop your personal acumen, it's blending of your knowledge and skills guided by experience. So if you understand a P&L, you can apply different levers to improve your performance metrics and defend your actions because they're informed by your past experiences, right? We need to cut costs here. We need to invest in future growth there. Our talent or labor pool and those expenses are too high. How else can we get the same thing done and really drive productivity and our revenue per employee? That's one of my favorite metrics, right? Those are all different levers based on your past experiences that you can improve, right? You must not only see the bigger picture, but you have to quickly frame why something is happening, evaluate available options, and make logical, sound decisions confidently, right? So, uh, you know, when I look at that P&L, certain things kind of glare at you like, whoa, 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 whoa. Why is this number so off? This is not a, and I'm looking for anomalies or this seems to be trending. Let's look at the last several months or year over year. And this number seems to be trending in, you know, less than favorable direction, right? So let's get to the bottom of why that's happening. And then what options do we have, right? So right now, I'm, I'm coaching several people. I'm a huge defender of we got to keep the talent, right? Despite of the business condition, how do we retain that talent? Because it's going to be really expensive if you lay them off a furlough or whatever to get that talent, get that you know knowledge base back, right? So 
what are available options? Can people take some you know additional vacations? Can we furlough some and then bring them back? Can we, right? Can we? It just there's no easy options, but you know what are the available options? And then you want to make a logical, sound decision confidently. Once I make that decision, I want to kind of move forward with it, right? So your ability to really engage and influence others to agree with and support you kind of toward that positive impact and getting to the key priorities demonstrates your resolve. And and that acumen is really critical in your future and in your market value. So what's happening is uh, increasingly valuable, deep generalists are asked to lead amid crisis or uncertain times because they demonstrate attributes like financial literacy, right? Uh, organizational knowledge, their ability to deal with ambiguity, right? doesn't have to be perfect for them to figure out you know, at least a direction because none of us have all the answers, particularly right now, right? Framing cause and effect, really understanding why something is happening. Unparalleled self and this idea of stakeholder awareness. The other thing I really appreciate about uh, some of the leaders that I meet is this idea of contextual relevancy. So they have such a broad experience that they'll look at a scenario and they know exactly or or even roughly, here are two, three things we need to think about. So they can quickly frame what's happening, why is it happening, and let's go try these two, three ideas with a, with a high degree of confidence of kind of know what needs to get done. Let's go figure out, but I don't have all the answers, right? Let's go figure out what can we learn, what can we apply, what can we quickly adapt? So we're talking about this third ring in your personal value. Again, these are foundational rings. It's about your professional development, acumen, presence, emotional courage. Those are the three that I'm talking about here. Your acumen and your presence is going to go a long way. Um, Acumen is really, again, financial literacy, organizational knowledge, ability to deal with ambiguity, framing cause and effect, uh, unparalleled self and stakeholder awareness, and contextual relevancy for what's happening, why is it happening, and how can we proactively come up with some options to address it. Um, When you connect with others in an authentic, one-on-one manner, you demonstrate presence. The most impactful leaders not only bolster others to their success, but they develop and they demonstrate this gravitas, right? So it's you've seen it. It's confidence. It's expertise that gives you weight to your thoughts, your words, and your actions. So when someone has gravitas, when somebody has that executive presence, you are at the edge of your seat listening. You remember the old E.F. Hudden ad, right? When E.F. Hudden speaks, everybody else listens. Have you met these executives? They're they're very measured. And I and I so admire this, right? They're very measured. They are very intentional with their language, right? You don't see, you don't hear like, um, um, uh, it just, those kinds of things, I swear, it's like nails on a board to me, right? Especially with an executive. And the way they carry themselves, their thoughts, their words, their actions command, if not initial respect, certainly initial attention. And I find myself coaching a lot of people in the enormous value of brevity. Nobody wants to hear about your third grade teacher. Nobody wants to hear you pontificate. Get to the point. A lot of people I coach, 
they call and they want to give me, and, and I got to tell you, this is maybe a bad habit, but certainly a, a very viable one. I learned from one of my mentors, Alan Weiss. I don't need all the background information, right? So always ideal if you begin with your question. And I, people that I'm coaching, people that I'm mentoring, people in a cohort community, they call me to want to talk about something. I, I point blank ask, so what's your question of me? Why don't we start there? And let me ask for additional background information if I need it. How many people do you meet that want to give you a long answer to a short question? Stop it. It's not helping you. Enormous value and brevity because if you make that succinct, it is a definitive and an illustrative example that you've thought enough about it and you have really concisely thought about your questions or your comment or your point or your, right? Food for thought, right? So the most effective leaders elevate their emotional intelligence. They collaborate with the quality of insights, right? So everybody has a, has a unique perspective. They serve others ahead of themselves and they embrace one truth, right? There's one <laughs> one truth, one version of, of the facts. I, I, um, I saw Alan Mulally, former... Uh, Boeing uh, executive and uh, CEO of Ford during the the last, by the way, uh, 08 recession, uh, fabulous um, turnaround of of that environment. In his management style, in his uh, guiding principles, he often talks about there's one plan. Not my plan, your plan, this version of a plan. There's one plan. The most astute executives I know embrace one truth, and it's data-driven, not opinion-driven, right? So um, this idea of you know acumen and presence uh, has a lot to do with your skills, with your knowledge, with your confidence, with your expertise, and constantly you have to need you need to hear this constantly refining, retuning recalibrating um, what you're trying to say, how to best engage others, how to best influence others. I've always believed every interaction is an opportunity for either enhance your credibility and your repute or dilute it. So in every interaction, every Zoom meeting, after every call, after every conversation, do you take five minutes to just capture in your notes what went well? you know what, I said that and it wasn't funny. Or I said that and it it went over like a lead balloon. If you're not taking, you know, ideally physical notes, but mental notes of those interactions, of your skills, of your knowledge, of your behaviors, ooh, that person brought up that topic and I didn't know anything about it. Or that person brought up reference to that book. I love that. Any conversation I have with people reference a book, I immediately write it down. Because even if I don't buy the book and go read it, I'm certainly going to look it up. And and I subscribe to, uh, by the way, here's a tip for you, uh, summary.com, summary.com. Uh, there are fabulous uh, book summaries, right? Most of us don't have to, a lot of time to read, you know, 200-page books, right? <laughs> so multiple of them at the same time. So what I love about summary.com, I've been a subscriber for years. They do, uh, and this is not an advertising spot, this is just a tool that I use. They summarize books, one pages, three, eight, they have different formats. You can listen to audio version. You can download a PDF. 
But if I like an eight-page summary of a book, then I'll go buy the whole thing. And and it doesn't it doesn't obviously you can't in eight pages do a two hundred page book justice, but it gives you the key ideas. The point is, are you capturing these in your notes in your conversations? And it goes back to that lifelong education consumption. Every conversation should be an opportunity to learn. Every conversation should be an opportunity to grow. Every conversation should be a serious questions. If you're not asking, by the way, your relationships, how are you learning? How are you growing when we're all in a time where we're all stuck at home? If you're not asking people, hey, have you read a good book lately? Or what's been a good book you've read lately? Right? Those are all phenomenal growth opportunities. So the last point uh, in this foundational ring that I want to talk about, as I mentioned, uh, Peter Bregman uh, wrote Leading with Emotional Courage. Highly, highly recommended. Um, I had him as a guest in the Curve Vendors podcast episode, again, 15, if you want to go back and listen to that episode. And and what I loved about some of Peter's comments is he talked about beyond knowing what to feel in emotional intelligence, which we've all heard of, you must be willing to experience some of those feelings like discomfort, risk, uncertainty um, in, in saying or doing difficult things. Right There's this huge gap between intent and action, and that gap is bridged by emotional courage. Right, I love one of his exercises, and I would highly encourage you to go back and listen to that podcast. In our conversation, he talked about, you know, think about a, a really important conversation, a really difficult conversation right now you know you need to have, but you're not having it. Why? Because you have all the information, you have all the knowledge, you have all the, you know, background you know, information you need to have that have that difficult conversation, but you're not you're not approaching it because you don't. For most of us, we don't want to feel that right discomfort, that displeasure, that conflict, that anger, that disappointment. That and what I love about his you know Peter's comment was, and this really resonated with me. If you're not willing to feel some of those things, soon you're not going to feel anything, right? So the gap between intent and action is, again, is bridged by emotional courage. It cuts through distractions, the noise, and the politics to solve problems and get hard things done. So we'll visit the growth enablers and value accelerant, uh, accelerants, the, the other rings in this in this uh, target logo and this idea of your personal market value in later chapters. But uh, I really wanted to share this with you because I don't see enough people proactively investing in these. And as I said, these foundational rings um, are really critical in you developing, growing, enhancing your personal market value. Um, I want you to, I'm going to wrap up with you thinking about this idea. The days of our parents staying in the same job for 30, 50 years to get a watch or a pen are long gone. And I wrote about it in the co-create book of this Hollywood talent model. If you think about it a second, uh, very few people actually work for a Hollywood studio. The studio will license a screenplay and hire an executive producer who then hires a director and, and they hire the you know front of the camera talent, behind the camera talent, and, and they work on a common you know vision, common mission, that movie for a period of time. The only job guarantee anyone has is the number one, the quality of their work, number two, the breadth and depth of their relationships. 
And I would submit that idea is going to permeate through our companies increasingly more, not just subcontractors, not just project teams, but think of the gig economy coming more and more to our companies and that Hollywood talent model coming more and more to our talent pool. Now, I don't know in a movie what a grip is, but go get me the best grip person we can find. Go get me the best asset for us to work together, not hourly, not just a project, a common mission, common vision, common enemy for some period of time. For you to succeed, if you if you genuinely believe that premise, for you to succeed in that future, in that scenario, your personal market value will matter more than ever before. This is your brand. This is how you're perceived. This is someone, go get me, right? Someone who has expertise in blank. Are you that blank? Are you are you going to fill that gap? Because that's what your personal market value will do. And ideally, it it enhances, it grows over time. And this is an area that I don't see enough people invest in. If you've listened to the Curvebenders podcast for a few episodes, you know that I'm writing the Curvebenders book on why strategic relationships will power your nonlinear growth in the future of work. This will be book number 11 with tools, ideas, insights, case studies, great interviews like the one you heard today. In essence, what you need to create a personal and professional growth roadmap in your future of work. I'm excited to begin sharing key sections with the members of our NOR forum community. So go to norgroup.com slash forum and check out the Curve Benders thread for more details. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Curvebenders podcast. I love having guests and we've had some fabulous ones and we have a few great ones coming up in our future episodes. Amy Edmondson is going to join me, the renowned Harvard Business School professor on psychological safety. Uh, Aisha Bursell is going to talk about designing the life you love. Roger Martin, uh, the Rodman, uh, former Rodman uh, dean at the University of Toronto, has got a great new book coming out, When More is Not Better. I do like to sprinkle in in the series some insights from me and the forthcoming book. As we discussed uh, in this episode, three ideas that I want you to keep in mind. This idea of your personal market value. I really want you to take the time to think about what is that personal market value today? What can you do to enhance it? Uh, are there strategies that are going to help you elevate that value? Where's your personal and professional growth going to come from? And what relationships are critical to your success in this growth journey and who's going to really help elevate your thinking? As we talked about this, the first step to this curve benders roadmap that I'm going to talk about is really defining your personal market value. Three rings. Uh, if you think of the target logo, your, uh, and, and what's really important is a stable foundation, a set of growth enablers, and then what I call value accelerants. So in the foundation, there's people. This uh, We talked about stable kind of personal ecosystem. Uh, personal, things that if we're working longer, uh, we need that spiritual grounding. We need that set of uh, values that we deeply believe in. 
and then professional from acumen to presence to emotional courage. How do you get this uh, set of stable foundations? These are all foundational to really build on. Uh, and in future episodes, I want to talk about the growth enablers and then really value accelerants. So I hope this session has been uh, of interest and value to you. Don't forget, uh, I turn all of these uh, the show notes from these podcasts into more in-depth articles. I will post those in our member free member-based community called NOR Forum. So I hope you'll join us at norgroup.com slash forum. I'm so thankful for our listeners on the Curvebenders podcast. I want to keep producing great content most beneficial to your personal and professional growth in this idea of future of work. So I'd love to hear your feedback. Don't forget to follow us on the various social media channels. I'm on Twitter, I'm on Instagram, I'm on LinkedIn, and I'm using the hashtag Curvebenders podcast. So make sure you follow that for all of our latest updates. 